Welcome to the Bass and Brews Podcast, your weekly distraction from other high-quality podcasts. And now, your host, Alex from Swamp Rat Fishing, and the co-hostess with the mostest, the Jabberhammer, Paul Roberts. Oh, that was a little different one this time, Paul. I like that one. That was a little spiritual. You you got to mix it up a little bit and throw some of that gospel in the end. I mean, you know how good I can sing. Like, nope, nope. Nobody knows how good you can sing because you can't. But, uh, you you know, it is great. It's great that we're here. It's uh, This is releasing on a Friday. It's uh, Bass and Bruce Friday. You know what it is. And uh, we're here. We got a great guest. We got growing. What? It's Wednesday. No, I mean, it releases on Friday, dipshit. You know the deal. You say this Wednesday. I'm just messing with you. I'm giving you a hard time. I, I got to make Paul's. up. I got to make up for that shitty joke I tried to make on the last entertainingly educational podcast that bombed completely. What was the joke? Let's hear it. Well, yeah, you know, we were talking about uh, I had an, uh, a major Apache pilot, helicopter pilot, and uh, we we're talking about you know all the branches have aerial acrobatic machines in them and i was like except the coast guard because i was going to throw out alex little jab yeah and uh alex alex it's like uh mike tyson's punch out where mike tyson sidestepped my jab and then uppercutted me and ended the game yeah wait wait i I, i'm trying to you're trying to say that the coast guard doesn't have like a an an aerial aspect you know i wanted to talk shit about you so bad on my podcast that i forgot that they have some of the most badass fucking pilots in the pilot world (laughs) i was about to say i mean we do have guys that'll fly helicopters in near hurricane force winds and then dangle a person from said helicopter onto a boat (laughs) usually a fishing boat that's full of rigging and they're just kind of like you know splicing the needle down to drop them and then that guy Will then bring everybody off the boat, but you're right. Yeah, nope, you're right. The Coast Guard yeah. is uh, no, no, I, yeah, I, I, I organization. Up, I, I owned up to my mistake 100%. I owned up to it. I did. I don't know, you know, I, I just wanted to jab you so bad and you you juke me and then uppercutted me and I wasn't and, even there, uh, knocked my fat ass down. I, yeah. I probably hit the rope so hard I broke the ropes and then fell into the commentator table, broke that in half. It looked like the end of a WWE episode. <laughs> Well, speaking of the Coast Guard, uh, very exciting is today, February 1st, this time of recording, which is a Wednesday, uh, but you'll hear it on a Friday just to make sure that Paul doesn't (laughs) fuck it up again. But uh, this is my first Bass and Brews as a full civilian. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of. uh, Thank you. Thank you. Kind of, kind of cool, kind of weird, but uh, yeah, you know, it's finally done. I got my last full active duty paycheck. So uh, as we talked about last episode, or maybe the episode before that, stand by for the feet picks because uh, my kids still got to eat. So we're going to oh, do yeah. hairy, hairy toe picks, uh, hobbit feet, as my wife likes to say, uh, coming your way. Hey, there's yep. a market for everything. <laughs> well, hobbit feet is is a good uh, nomenclature for to you know show your height. So at least they know oh. that short people feet picks. So so the guy who is late to the interview is going to go right to the short joke solid solid i was late before this is now that's in the past 
and you and will I'm never still be taller. Short. <laughs> yeah, but you're just getting shorter as we go too. But All I right, love you. I can't wait to meet you in person. I'm a hug, hug a fart out of you. Mm. All right, well, be <laughs> that's a weird uh, visual. Uh, but uh, before we get to Joey, I know there's something you wanted to cover, Paul. Yeah, so uh, it, if you're in the kayak world, you've probably seen this by now, but um, I'm going to talk to y'all and the folks that might not be in the kayak world who bank fish, boat fish, fish out of helicopters, however the hell you fish. Uh, our good buddy, Jeff Malott from Kayak Bass Nation, his granddaughter was diagnosed uh, with a, uh, some type of neuroglastic uh, something cancer. I, I can't remember. I made a post on my Facebook page. Paul Roberts, you can go check it out. You can check it out on KBN. But they're doing a benefit tournament for the month of February. And anyone's eligible, any water's eligible, 100% of the proceeds go towards uh, helping the family. Uh, they're, they're two young parents. Uh, Jeff's son just got out of the military, and they've got a lot going on, obviously. A lot of appointments, a lot of doctor bills. It's just a lot of financial uh, burden coming up so they're doing this benefit tournament uh, i think it's a 30 dollar entry fee and then you have an option to donate another 10 or 20 they also have a gofundme page you can find it on tourney x under rowan just type in r-o-w-a-n and it'll come up you can select uh i, I haven't been fishing i don't even know if i'm gonna fish this month but just enter. They have a GoFundMe. I'm not sure what that is, but uh, we'll, what we'll do out is put links down in the show yep. description. But you know, if y'all have the opportunity, if you think you're going to go fishing one time, go put in. It's, it's for a good cause and it's helping a, a friend of the show. He's been on a few times, guest co-host. Um, it, it'd be great. We we know how the fishing community steps up for stuff like that. We'd yeah, I'll make sure to put a link in. Asking Bruce. Yeah, I, 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 that's awesome, Paul. Um, and it's, it's for a great cause. Um, and I hate to derail that, but uh, what's the name they should be searching for, Paul? It's in Tourney X. You can yeah. go to Tourney X on the web or the app. Yeah, yeah. How do you pronounce that name? Rowan. Nope. Rowan. You know what, Alex? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Alex Castanuega. Uh, the first right, time now, I heard somebody pronounce your name, I was like, oh shit. I've been, yeah. I've been calling him the wrong name. You have been. Um, but it is Rowan. If you're from nope. the South, it's Rowan. Rowan. It's Rowan. Um, okay. But all right, we got Joey Fitzer. I Joey, mean, how you are know, you, buddy? Let's roll. Good. How are you? We're good, man. So if you guys don't know him, we found Joey through TikTok. You got a huge following there. Um, not, not that huge following matters. Uh, what really matters uh, is, at least in me and Paul's eyes, you got some fucking awesome content going on over there, and we really dig it. AKA Alex that. is a fanboy. I, I, I am. <laughs> I, 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 here's the thing. If you guys aren't, I mean, you probably are, but if you aren't, go check him out. But it's uh, it's very realistic. It's uh, he Joey, like, ticks all the boxes that I look for in a fishing content creator, and that's it. It's realistic. He's not serving you bullshit um, and also not trying to sell you on any product. Like, he's shown you what it is from your perspective, and I really appreciate that. Um, and I feel as, like, TikTok, I have noticed the last couple months there's a lot more uh, fishing TikTok creators or outdoors creators. And I am starting to see, like, it, it becoming a little 
saturated, but in a way that it's like fake and not fucking real. It's like Instagram coming over with all their bullshit. So I really appreciate what you're doing over there. Appreciate it. More's coming too. Uh, as, as the weather gets better, you know, I'm going to be putting out a lot more uh, content and more diverse. So Looking I like it. To that. So is the Paul. weather bad where you are right now? It's not uh it's not pretty. Uh, we're supposed to get some good, I, I think like two to three inches of ice tonight. So shit. Where are you I, at? I, southeastern Oklahoma. Texas is getting hit Ooh. way worse, but we're right on the edge. That storm's moving, you know, that, that direction, but mm. hopefully it kind of messes us. Ice ain't no joke. Snow's one thing, but ice ice just fucks it all up. You can't there ain't nothing you can do with ice. Yeah, and that's mostly all we get. It, we <laughs> don't hardly get get any snow. It's always ice. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, how did uh, I mean? Just kind of introduce yourself. Well, how did you start in all of this? All of that for for our listeners who might know who you are. What are you waving okay. about, Paul? You know, Paul that's does not this a question. That's Hold on, Joey. Joey, I try to run a very professional, um, but lighthearted show. And I've got uh, this chaos of, uh, or this agent of chaos that is Jabberhammer. He just fucks it up every time. The but, old Jabberhammer. That's, that's the worst question to ask. Is Joey, what is your what is your your journey to what has got you here, right now okay. today, sitting in front of Short Alex and me? All right. So let's go back to when I was a kid. Uh, I mean, I, I started fishing when I was real little. I'm going to say five or six is when I first, you know, was introduced to fishing uh, by my grandpa and my dad. And then as the years went on, met buddies in school. And then we just started, I mean, any chance we got, we, we fished. And uh, so went all the way through high school, you know, got a job, life happened started working didn't fish that much and then uh recently last couple years i've been i mean every weekend i'm fishing every week so uh that as of recently i've i think last year i didn't miss one week i fished at least one day a week the whole last year that's 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 fucking commitment man and you're fishing out of a big boat right not a uh, kayak correct Right. But I've started when I first started, of course, it was a bank. And then I had a little two man scamp, a little 10 foot two man scamp with a little 45 mm-hmm. uh, or may, may have been a 30 pound thrust uh, trolling motor and then hauled that thing around. And then uh, I, I kayak fished for a while for a couple of years. And then uh, an opportunity came up. One of my dad's neighbors, he had a boat for sale and finally got into a boat. But yeah, I've, d- I've done it all. So you're like the hell with being po ass kayak angler. I'm gonna get me a boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I think it's the we were just talking about before uh, the wind. Golly, mm. like the wind in Oklahoma. It's you know it always blows, but it's bad enough in a big boat because it can get nasty. I, I mainly fish Lake Eufaula here in Oklahoma, mm. and it's a giant lake, and the waves can get nasty. Yeah, I've, I've, I, I spent uh, two, two and a half weeks fighting wildfire in Oklahoma up in Osage. And oh, yeah. Whew, I mean, that shit, it's windy all the time. It's like Texas, right? It's just always windy. But then yeah. it gets like extra windy just out of nowhere. It, it never stops either. Yeah, it's crazy, man. You're talking about a damn workout. 
Woo. Oh yeah. You're you're always fighting it. So what would you say your uh your 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 fishing style is? Are you a finesse guy? Are you a power fisherman? Kind of where do you fall in that spectrum? All right. So growing up like southeast southeastern Oklahoma, we don't have a lot of clear water. So pretty much been forced to power fish, you know, since it was pond, mostly ponds growing up, but then I just kind of converted that into the lakes around here because mm -hmm. the water it it they say Lake Eufaula is like the toughest fishery in Oklahoma because the conditions change every week. Like uh, this past year, we had a tournament. Water was up eight feet <laughs> on this giant lake, and that's I'd never seen it this high. But uh, and then say a month later, you know, it's two foot below normal. Like they'll just suck the bottom out of it. It's always changing. But I'm a power fisherman. Seems like here you can get away with throwing the biggest, loudest you know, just most violent lures and it, it works for these, uh, dirty water bass. What's but, like your go-to you're, you're, you're saying loud, uh, like, like, like what's your go-to like off the top of your head, like springs coming up here, right? I know, uh, winter kind of throws everybody off springs coming up, throwing the bladed jig. Yeah. Big, a big bladed chatterbait was a game changer. Uh, when it, whenever that water was eight feet, I fished a tournament and, uh, ended up catching, I think 1487 on five and got second place but those conditions were were nuts uh i ran into a back of a creek because i was thinking so the the south end of the lake well I, I guess it'd be the north end but the north end of the lake uh is usually clear you know it's got the deeper water uh -huh. south end it's always dirty no matter what that's huh. ass backwards i I, I mean, so it's like a lowland reservoir on the south end, and then on the on the north end, it's like a highland. Okay. It's like it's crazy. It's two different fisheries basically, but it's so big. Like I think it's probably a from the dam where I fished. It was probably fifty miles, fifty mile run. But uh, this one you could trailer, so it was no big deal. That but, bladed uh, jig, that bladed jig you just held up, was that a single tail grub with the I was about tail to say, up on it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's old uh, school. Oh no, that's a, that's a uh, in in Jersey. That's the way to run it. Is that tail up on the bladed jig? Uh, I just wanted something. I don't know. I I mess around with my trailers all the time, and for different scenarios, I throw like if in the clear water, you know, I'll throw something a little more tapered. But I just wanted something big or something that would put off a little bit more. But you really don't need it because this freaking blade puts off the thump. It's a big blade. That, what that, uh, what what brand is that? Is that is that the big blade? Jack yeah, Hammer? big bladed chatterbait. Yeah. But I noticed something. Uh, bought these. The paints wore off the head of it, but I couldn't get the. Uh, they come in a half ounce, three quarter ounce, and. Uh, I'm sure they go heavier, but the three quarter ounce was like the sweet spot. So the blade's bigger, but I couldn't get the half ounce. I guess how fast I was reeling it, uh, it would it would stay on top of the water. So this three quarter ounce, I could get you know down a little bit and still keep the same speed of retrieve, and uh, they liked it. What what rod and reel are you throwing that on? So I believe I got a seven foot three. 
some medium heavy. I can't remember the the version of it, but seven three medium heavy. I think it's a fast action, but uh, I kind of like a little stiffer rod for my chatter baits for some reason. People like a more moderate that loads up, but I have good luck with this rod uh, and throwing that bait, so I, I ain't switched it up. You throwing on a fast reel? Yeah, I throw it. It's either a seven to one or an eight to one. I, I got mm. two setups, but yeah, I like to I like to burn them. And what are you running online for that? Is that straight braid or are you doing braid to leader? I'm going straight fluoro, 20 pound okay. fluoro. But I did listen to something that uh, Bradley Holman, he's uh, another fellow Oklahoma angler and he just mm -hmm. made the elites. Uh, but he was saying, I can't remember who he's talking about, but everybody was fishing this area with a chatterbait and they weren't catching nothing. This one guy just started wrecking them. And he, he was like, what'd you, after the tournament, he's like, man, what'd you catch him on? He's like, I was throwing a chatterbait. He's like, what? He's like, yeah. He was like, what was your setup? He's like, I was, I was throwing it on braid. And he said, if you look, when you're throwing it with braid, that chatterbait will knock so much harder yeah. than with fluoro mm -hmm. or mono, because there's no stretch. It just hits super hard. So Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna, it's got a real tight, uh, but, but erratic uh, wobble to it. Yeah. So I'm going to. I might have to give that a try. Paul, Paul, you've never done uh like like we use that single tail grub on chatterbaits and then a lot on like swim jigs here. I, yeah. I use it a shit ton. I don't normally talk about it, but uh yeah, you you you've never done the, the, the single tail grub on that, Paul? Not on the bladed jig. I'll throw it on a swim bait head in the wintertime. Well, not this winter because that can go, but is you know i'll have i'll have it tied on i'll have a a swim bait the grub on a swim bait head and then a blade bait in the winter time and hmm. i'll kind of go back and forth with them and use it on that but outside of that no i don't i really had never thrown it on i think that's else. one of those like trailers that have like kind of gone out of style almost with everything mm -hmm. else that's out there but it's one of those yeah. that are like I'll throw it on a, a one fourth, like a, a one fourth swim jig, something I want to run like over the top of grass or like just below the surface, basically. And you flip that yeah. thing over, and you run it through, and it, it, it's an amazing trailer that uh, I'm well, almost upset it, that you brought it up. Better take it back to the old school for spinnerbait fishing, where you use the double double tail grub, and yeah. it was either white or like mm -hmm. bright chartreuse just green yeah i'm colorblind as hell so somewhere around that <laughs> that chartreuse char, charcuterie green charcuterie uh, oh charcuterie yeah, hopefully I've, I've rowan or yeah. rowan has a charcuterie board for you yeah but the yeah. you know that the grub is that that's the old school bait man that thing used to that was it i mean the people talk about throwing a worm on a jig head now the shaky head Back in the day, that was that was the shaky head. It was a you know ball mm -hmm. head with with a grub on it. Yeah, yeah. I think it. Uh, I had a TikTok and I I asked everybody like, what are some forgotten lures that you know we've got away from and stuff. I mean, you think about it, we've gotten away from a lot of good baits and lures. What was I mean, uh, the biggest them. surprises fr from that TikTok that you heard that people got away from? Man, I seen the Smithwick Rogue a lot, uh, mm -hmm. the jerk bait, and then they was I think there was a maybe a it was it was either a Hellfire topwater or a 
Hell, it wasn't a Hellraiser because Z-Man just came out right. with that Hellraiser, but I think it was a Hellfire. But there was a couple of old topwaters that, uh, like the Torpedo, you know, mm. I mean, it's kind of like a smaller, finesse version of a Whopper Plopper, but uh, yeah, just mostly topwaters and the jerk bait was, and a lot of them, I had no, I'd never even heard of them, so. Yeah, the Smithwick Rogue, I've still got a few of those old school ones from where I fished in the early 2000s, but I fucking sucking at throwing a damn jerk bait. So I got them. Yeah. I ain't got a lot of fish on them. I feel like yeah. jerk bait fishing is great. And I think I've talked about this before, but if you're in a kayak, I fucking hate jerk bait fishing. It is the most awkward thing, unless you're like standing up the whole time, right? But like, I'm sitting down a lot in my kayak because I'm using my pedals to like put me where I need to be. And it's just a fucking awkward motion. And, and I hate it. I hate jerkbait fishing. Well, the, hey, kayak. the four facing sonar has brought jerkbait fishing back into the limelight yeah. with a, a boom. It has yeah. really brought back. I mean, people always used it, but now folks are, are, are targeting suspended fish waiting it you can see i mean it's just it's the, the guessing is out of the game for that shit i mean they can they can take the lead strips and weight it down and do what they i mean it's it is completely changed the jerk bait is um that and the smaller swim baits for four facing sonar i mean that's the ticket and drop shot i mean or if you're uh what, what's his name from six cents fishing i see you got a waterland hat i got a six cents fishing shirt on but uh what's his name i got a hockey shirt on you do yep <laughs> Uh, ben Millican uh, or Milliken. Josh Jones? No, no, no. Jones. Jones throws uh, that uh, the divine Freaking swim jig, swim jig with no Plus trailer, no trailer, yeah. and he jigs them up basically using forward facing. It's insane. Hey, tra trailers, trailers on your your skirted lures. It's fucking overrated. Mm, That's I'm all gonna, I'm gonna say. No, I'm gonna people, highly people disagree with they, you. People caught fish. To no ends without having all that bullshit on there. I'm just gonna so say, did, unpopular opinion. Trailers, yeah. they ain't they ain't that special. I think that a, a, a proper trailer and Joey, you uh, add in here if you want. But I like I think like I love swim jig fishing. Everybody knows that you have to have the proper trailer for what you're going for. Otherwise, 100%. right? You just got a jig. Uh, you, you're just reeling in lead in a skirt. Yeah, but the way he's fishing it isn't like your traditional way right. you would, you know, swim a jig. Because right. mostly you're around cover of some sort and you're trying to keep that bait up. But mm -hmm. he's, did you ever, did you hear the story of how he figured this out? No, go for it. Okay, so he was on Okima Lake and he was, uh, I think he was out there crappie fishing. He, he came over a giant school of bass and, uh, he was needing to shoot a video for six cents, uh, but they wouldn't bite anything that he had. And he was like, what the heck? So he had a crappie jig, threw the crappie jig out there, and he started catching them. He's like, all right, how's this going to help? I need to catch them <laughs> on, you know, a six cents bait. So he took that swim jig, and he trimmed the, the uh, guard off, and he trimmed the skirt up to make mm -hmm. it as small as profile as he could. Threw it out there and just started catching them. So that's, and he said, it's my best, most consistent big bass bait that I, that he's found. You know, that lends me into something around this time of year, locally to where I am. 
the people catching huge bass, five plus pound fish on crappy jigs. Yeah. Small profile. Yeah, you, you hear it all the time. Yeah. I mean, it, well, y'all, huge crappy where y'all are too. So probably similar, but the folks, the crappy anglers that I know, they'll they'll send me a picture or something. Matter of fact, a, a listener, good friend, guy I met at the Southeastern Fish Expo here a few weeks ago, Ravon, he he just caught, I can't remember how big it was, but it's a big-ass fish on, on a crappy jig. I mean, it happens all the time around here, and most of them are live scoping for faces sonar, and they just happen to see some big old dot out there and, 30 foot of water suspended in 15 they drop it on them and boop there it is tag team back again and i think there's i think there's something like something that small i think it's so non-threatening to them they i don't they they don't get spooked because sometimes like i've got forward facing sonar and i've caught two fish you cheater yeah i'm a cheater i'm terrible but i want to be i want to have enough money to cheat i want to cheat too but listen the alabama rig like you know it it was the the only thing to throw you know uh, Mm a couple years ago when they was catching on the fish but i've got two fish on a rig this year and i think well i know that's all anybody throws so then i start downsizing i start playing with stuff going a little more finesse I'm getting these fish to bite now. So there's something to say about downsizing a, a lure. Just they talk about the, the fish being, you know, opportunistic. Yeah. And it's nothing for something to just, you know, you think about that little crappy jig just kind of floating down real slow. And then they're like, oh shit. <laughs> they open their mouth, they suck in 18 gallons of water in that little thing. And it's just <laughs> an easy little morsel of a bite. It goes back yeah. to the episode we talked about. It's been a while ago about Ned Riggs, and that's how the Ned Rig came about was yeah. him throwing that little one eighths or whatever small one out there, and they bought it. They bit it on the fall. And there's something yeah. to say about downsizing like that, especially on a pressure fishery or when it's winter time. Yeah, and a lot of these places are getting a ton of pressure. Uh, I mean, used to, you know, you go out in the winter and there's nobody there, and now you go and, you know, the parking lot's full. Well, look at it now. With forward-facing sonar, people are catching 30-pound bags left and right. Milliken's throwing up 50-pound bags multiple days a week in the wintertime. You don't see that shit in the summertime now. In the wintertime is when people are catching the massive fish, and it used to be the really, really, really good anglers on your local lakes were the only ones that could do that in the wintertime. And now the field has opened up. And because I don't – this ain't no damn forward-facing sonar podcast today but what we're talking about now is very relevant to to winter fishing those fish are catchable they now oh, yeah. we just know where they are and how they're reacting i mean man this was this your first year with forward facing it was my first year of knowing what i was doing i mean there's, <laughs> okay. there's a learning curve is, is there a I big did. learning curve because i mean listen as somebody who like i don't even have a regular fucking graph on my kayak let alone forward facing. Like I, I, I run when it comes to like that shit, like I've got cameras all over the place, but I don't have all the other stuff. Right. I don't run a graph at all. So is, is there a, like a big learning curve going from a regular graph to a forward facing? Yeah. Uh, biggest thing is boat control. 
Okay. Okay. So number one, you got to find the fish and the fish is always moving. I mean, he'll be up in the column, down in the column, left, right, weaving, never still, unless mm-hmm. he's holding on, you know, a piece of structure or something. But most of the wintertime, I'm targeting uh, fish that are related to bait. And so they'll be slashing through bait balls, going nuts. But yeah, you're, you're always on. If you take your foot off the trolling motor, I mean, your boat's moving constantly. The fish is moving. So it takes a lot of time to, and, and part, part of it's luck too, because I've heard the expression, it's like throwing a touchdown pass. I mean, you're leading this fish, hoping it swims in your right. path of the bait. I mean, it's, and Josh Jones says, you're going to create your own luck when you're out there. If you go enough and you make enough casts, it's, I mean, it's bound to happen sometime. Alex, I would say from my limited time fishing with Ford, facing on other people's boats, and then their learning curve, you'd probably pick up on it a little bit quicker, having no current oh, knowledge. Have no of, yes, you have it. no knowledge or ex, you know, use of one right now, so you don't have yeah. any preconceived notions of what the shit's supposed to be like. So you might yeah. be one of those folks that could pick up on it a little bit quicker for that unless you're probably not just a damn technological idiot probably not all right so like so somebody did leave a comment of like what are you gonna put this on your kayak and i was like well one i don't have a regular one to begin with or a job. two <laughs> correct as of today i'm unemployed uh but then <laughs> the other one this time yeah no shit uh but then would be the fishery that i fish like i i i my main strength is fishing this tidal fishery in New Jersey, right? We only go 10 feet deep at a high tide. Okay. So I, I, I feel like I don't need forward facing. It's only 10 feet of water. Right. It, you can, it's not, it wouldn't be as beneficial to you for sure as, right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not dealing with the big depths because everything I understand, it's like dealing with stuff with like offshore structure. Because even when I fish other lakes, like I, I'm very shallow minded um, in fishing, just like I am with everything else in life. Right. I'm there for the clout. And no, I'm just joking. But um, <laughs> I'm very and, and maybe it's something I need to work on. But but I like to fish cover. I like to fish shit I can see. I like to fish skinny water. I have a kayak. Uh, I like to fish these backwaters where there's no um, boats at. Like, I don't think a forward facing, I don't think strapping a piece of equipment that is uh, more than my kayak uh, is worth it. I would say this to anybody that's listening. If you're not tournament fishing. Yeah. And if you're not out there or you're not out there hunting for some, you know, eight, nine double digit pound bass. It probably ain't worth the money unless you're just, you know, unless you're Scrooge McDuck folks swimming around in dollar dollar bills, it probably ain't worth it. Well, Joey, do you, uh, do you tournament fish? Yeah, I do, uh, local tournaments here on Eufaula. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be fishing three trails. I know two are for sure, but, uh, third ones, uh, maybe, but yeah, I just, uh, mainly fish, uh, this lake Eufaula here. Okay. And have it's, it's going to get hammered this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, have I saw a couple of Master Opens. They're coming. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're coming. Yeah. You guys are going to get slammed. Do you have enough local tournaments yeah. to make decent money fishing just the local trail? 
Uh, yeah, there's so many different trails like come out of state or far off like Oklahoma City. They got a couple trails that come down here, but once like March hits, there'll be there'll be two or three tournaments a weekend uh, till you know October. You you could make uh, decent money like Skeeter Trail. I think they pay uh, fifteen to win, depending on fifteen thousand to win, depending on how many entries, but yeah, there's some good good money to be made. Damn. Hey, lean back, lean back real quick, Joey. I love that fucking shirt. For everybody that's listening and not watching, he's got a hoodie on with a big old white license plate that says, This lake sucks. And I want to know where to get that hoodie from or if they got a t shirt or something, because I want to wear that every time I go fishing. I'm gonna take some gorilla black gorilla tape. I'm gonna take a white paint pen and every time i go somewhere and i do shitty i'm just gonna put the piece of tape at the bottom this lake sucks <laughs> falls lake this lake yes, sucks sir. you know santee keeper i'm gonna start <laughs> where the hell we get that damn hoodie at uh this is jordan lee's merch uh so you ah. go to his website they're all they sell out every time like this i got it on the second drop but uh, well, if it ain't copyrighted, yeah. we can print our own since Al has a printing station at his house. Yeah. I'm going to wear this to a weigh-in. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to put the tape on the bottom of whatever lake you're at. <laughs> yeah. All right. Speaking of, uh, I don't know, that was a shitty transition. Uh, anyways, hands-on adventure. We we threw this out on TikTok. Uh, any questions? adventures. Hand job adventures, right? Uh, and, and and I want to do this more because I want to help uh, build the community of the brewskis to be able to ask these questions directly to uh, your guys' uh, favorite guests that come on here. But uh, hands on adventures says if you could go anywhere in the lower forty eight and fish, where would you go? Man, listen, it shouldn't be that hard of a question. You commented on this I post know. two days ago. Twice. <laughs> 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 I've been thinking, but there, I, yeah. I like, I want a good smallmouth fishery, like what they did at the St. Lawrence River uh, mm -hmm. in the Elite. That was insane. They broke the century mark on strictly smallmouth. Insane. So I want, yes. I want to go there. And if I had a second pick, probably Okeechobee, just because I, I don't get Hell to fish yeah. that type of fishery. Punch in and, you know, super shallow lakes like that. So. I think I'm say St. Sure. Like uh, uh, Paul, I mean, we'll go around the corner here. Like, like yeah. Paul, what do what, what do you got, Paul? I didn't know you were going to ask me this. So I know I'm, I'm unprepared. <laughs> well, you were unprepared because you showed up fucking late anyway. So, uh, well, you're back, so I get leeway on doing whatever the fuck I want. You're gonna get fired soon. We talked about it last podcast and the podcast before. Yeah, nobody has sent you any, any of of their resumes in yet so i'm gonna put that, that shit, i'm gonna put that shit on indeed uh, i need a, a podcast host no dude no you need to post it on craigslist and we need to read out the shit we get on craigslist how funny would that Holy be shit total so i'm right, actually I gonna write that down yeah got a question how'd y'all get this started like how'd this happen oh. that's a good question alex alex yeah, that's started me. this so, and yeah. it sucked and he invited me on, and it got good. 
Got yeah, also. So I initially, <laughs> I initially started the podcast, like full disclosure. And I've talked about this in a couple, uh, like TikToks maybe, uh, but like, all right. So I, I believe in this thing when it comes to social media with this, uh, Matt Pangrak talked about it with fishing, right? The hub and spoke method, uh, when it comes to fishing, right? Like find your base and then try and get the fringes. So I applied that to social media. And I wanted to be the next big YouTube star for fishing. And uh, not uh, like anybody who wants to do that, absolutely fucking go for it, right? But uh, I initially started the podcast was to help drive traffic to my YouTube channel. That was initially the idea. And when I was thinking about like, how can I do a podcast? Like, who are the people that I know that give good interviews or... um, just have a voice that needs to be said. And so initially the podcast was just small content creators in the fishing realm. And we ran that probably for the first 20 or so episodes. And we still hold true to that. Like we hold true to the people out there, like grinding, making fishing videos and fishing content that we fucking love to see. But I want to corner on, we we brought Paul on, and Paul comes from a kayak tournament background. I was a guest initially. I was just a a guest that came on in episode nine. I was a Mm -hmm. guest, and then I don't, I'm not, I think I've told this before, but what's funny is we're supposed to record, and I was on a family vacation. I was going to do it out on the balcony at the beach, and but the internet Mm -hmm. sucked. And I was like, hey, man, let's push it the next week when I'm home. And greatest decision Alex ever made. Yes. <laughs> Meant to be. His, it his was. podcasts were like 45 minutes, maybe an hour. We spent yeah. an hour and 53 minutes. <laughs> I took awesome. I took yeah, yeah. We used he was to be, peeing in buckets under his desk. I did. Uh, we used to be really like, I mean, I was like, I had a list of things that we would go over. And um, I mean, I still have a list of things now, right, to drive a conversation. But it's not like this was like, okay, I got to go through one through 10. And then once we get there, we're done. And like, we got to stop. And I had a hard cap at an hour. Like we would never go over an hour. And then this fucking bearded asshole showed up and we ran over two hours. So hour and 53 is what you posted. That's somewhere around yeah. there. But yeah, I've ruined it all. But it, no, it, it, it all worked out. It all worked out. You know, we, we have a good banner back and forth. Yep. And then Alex was, you know, going on a couple of tours, finishing up his last year in the Coast Guard. And he put me in charge. And uh, albeit some of them were a little late, but a, a little late. Posted Fuck off. No, I'm going to keep going just like today. Today was a little single late. Week, a, a episode was posted and they might <laughs> But they were they were a lot late but there was no social media either so like we literally i I think we're coming in on uh i think in april right paul we're we're coming in on two years of doing the show and minus um between the first episode and the second episode uh there was a two-week gap other than that we have done one episode a week coming up on two years straight um and it's because one, me and Paul, again, I, it goes to you guys, the guests and the fans. Like, mm-hmm. I fucking love having a platform where I can get big and small on board, right? So we've had some big names, and then we've had like homies that we just like seeing their shit online, and they can come on and talk to us. And I think that's right. 
where we need to have it at at this point like there's big shows out there and then i'm not shitting on any of those big shows at all like they've got sponsors they got all that and we'd love to have sponsors whoever wants to sponsor us would be real fucking great um because this bourbon in this cup ain't cheap um but um neither is making the podcast correct <laughs> like we pay money every year to make the podcast like it goes out of my pocket yep and uh but yeah so so anyways like you know short story is uh Oh, Chapman Hammer's got to bounce. You know what the best thing, Joey? Real quick, see uh, how he he left, but it's my logo. Oh, yeah. I did that, and he doesn't realize it that it's my logo that he shows up just to fuck with him. Uh, no, but the the show is for all creators. We want to have real conversations, and we, we've trying to show to the community. We're here to have real conversations, and sometimes they can be uncomfortable. We've had some uh, flack on the uh, Alex Rudd episode about if you know, pro bass fishing is actually a sport or not. Uh, I think yeah. that was a great conversation. Um, and we're there to do that. We're there to have fun with folks. We're there I, like where Paul has this. Normally he gives this line to you, Joey, in the green room before we start. But because he was so fucking late, he couldn't do it. But uh, go, go ahead, Paul, give us the line. What is it? What, what What's the line you give to the guests? When I reach out to people, I tell them, hey, you want to be on a shitty fishing podcast? And then I, I, I shift down a couple lines. I say, imagine sitting around a campfire, drinking your favorite beverage, shooting shit, talking about fishing. And that's what it is. Can't beat it. No, yeah. you can't. And and that usually gets people they're like, oh, yeah, I, I want to do that. We, we, hadn't had, we hadn't had many people say no on that. Back to right. the beginning, uh, to answer your question, Two is when Alex said he started this to drive to his YouTube, he really he realized that this was his own little animal. Oh, it shifted. That this yeah. was a better a better platform to reach yeah. out to people and to to get that interaction versus the YouTube. And then when he started the TikTok, that really that's where I would say we got a majority of our super fans, if you want to call them that was through the Tic Tac interaction and what he posted on there. And so it's been good. But yeah, that's that's the quick lowdown history of, of how this awesome. uh, debauchery got started. To answer Alex's question, if I had to pick, was it one or two lakes? Uh, whatever you want to do. Okay, whatever well, you want to do. <laughs> one, of them, one of them is the Susquehanna. I want to go there because that's been the tournaments, the kayak tournaments there have been unbelievable. And then I would say the other one is maybe Lake Fork or OH Ivy. Uh, one of those two. I'd have to flip a coin that morning if I was down there to drive to one of those two, but it'd be that. Yeah, for me, um, and I know I kind of had an opportunity, but not really. I would love to fish the California Delta. One, I think that's in my wheelhouse a little bit. Uh, and then there's just big, giant fucking fish there. Mm -hmm. And then maybe I could talk to Greg Blanchard, even though he was on my show and I wasn't there. <laughs> That's your own fault. You were invited. I, I spent like four months setting that up because that's when you were going to be back and your kids did a rotten egg there. All right. So, Joey, do you, do you know who Greg Blanchard is? You, you can say yeah, heard, no. That's... No, I've, I've heard the name, but I can't put a face to the. Yeah. 
he, he's like a really big kayak. Uh, he does YouTube, but he's actually like really good. He's not just a content yeah. creator. He's an OG. He's an OG yeah. kayak YouTuber. Early, you know, early adopter. Yeah. You know, 2000 before the 2010s or so, but just big in the kayak world. He's also just a real ass dude. He's awesome. Mm -hmm. And I remember when uh, there was a couple conversations, a lot of people think that uh, me and Paul just fly by the seat of our pants with this show, but we there's do. actually a lot of conversations that we have kind of off, off, you know, off air about where we want the show to go and this and that. And uh, we were in Cali. I was drunk as shit in a shitty Motel 6 in Oakland because that's where I had to record for a long time and uh paul was like Who, who's our dream guest and he was one of them and i think he was like shit i think he was like number two because you already had matt pangrak on when i wasn't there um he was also like my number one but um and paul paul worked it he he finessed it he got this guy on this guy's huge he's like uh i don't know how many he's in like Definitely, he's like six figures on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like he's a big oh, yeah. kind of fucking dude. Um, and it was all lined up. It was gonna be me and Paul, and then uh, my kids got really fucking sick the day of recording, and of my course. wife happened to be uh, had to do like a union meeting, and they're like the kids are literally vomiting and shitting all <laughs> over the place, and I'm like, how can I make this work? And I'm trying to like juggle and I'm like, fuck, bro. I don't think it's going to happen by the time the uh, the unholy exits of these uh, children's bodies were done. It was like 10 o'clock and I was like, there's yeah, I'm you know, there's no fucking way. Little did I know that Jabber Hammer was on with him for over three hours. Wow. <laughs> he never Hello. told me that either. He never told me that either. So well, he uh, saw it when he when he had to post it. He saw it. For sure. Hey, I hope you're going to ask some of my damn Tic Tac questions that I asked. We before. are, Joey. Uh, we're not going to do that first. Let's go to uh, your boy T Fishing from TikTok. Ask uh, Lure Attracting. Yes or no? If yes, which brand and scent? Okay. Uh, no on just solely Lure Attractors, but like Berkeley Powerbait, that scented. I mean, I've caught more fish on berkeley power bait worms and their other products that have mm -hmm. that scent than any other uh plastic out there so have you think... have you used the swim jigs that are infused like or, or any of their jigs that it's infused in the skirt uh the slobber knocker i don't know if it's infused but i think it's got some yes. sort of smell it okay, is yeah it's infused yeah. power bait yeah i've uh i've used that just started using it but i've already caught them on it so. yeah I think so, there's a time and place for it. Definitely doesn't hurt. So right, that's right. I I will say nobody asked me. They asked Joey, but but I will say if you're gonna use something with a skirt, I prefer none of that gel shit. I prefer something in an aerosol because I feel like the gel binds up the skirt. Yeah, I could see where like if it set on there for a period of time, it could uh, deteriorate or something. Well, what you got to do is you got to put the jig in your mouth. And then squirt a big old glob, about half a dollop of the scent, the gel scent in your mouth, and hold it in there and slosh it around for you know 15 30 seconds, and then it, it's all worked in. Oh, yeah, that's the go to method. <laughs> I want to let all the listeners know we had to reach out 
to get fishing questions for our guest tonight because this is how bad of a fishing podcast this is. No, uh, Alex and I don't have Would you enough stop? fishing questions. <laughs> Listen, it has nothing to do with that. It's called bringing the community in. Paul, you are That's the right. worst. You show up late. You kick in the door with bullshit information. You drink your White Claw Surge, and then you fucking leave. Well, you have to be honest with yourself, and we know we're not the experts. That's why we have on guests, and that's why we reach out to our Brewski community. No. All right. Fuck you, Paul. <laughs> Fuck you, Paul. I feel like that was... <laughs> Fuck you. Look, man, All right, I, then, okay. I, I felt like our legitimacy was growing a little too much. I had to bring it down a tad. I saw that. Well, I'll, I'll bring it down. I'll, I'll bring it right. I'll bring it right down here. Uh, Joey, this is from, uh, I'm not going to name the person because this person is a, they're a special case, uh, but they want to know if you had to choose between drinking pickle juice and finding out that you're going to, that you're going to be bald. Which one do you choose? Damn, I'm drinking pickle juice. <laughs> I, see, again, so, so I put this awesome post out there, and it was, it was community building, you know what I mean? And, you know, like I'm trying to reach out to Joey's fans, too. Like, we're all going to build together. And then my co-host goes in there like a bull of bullshit and uh, asks about pickle juice. Hey, have y'all ever seen the... Y'all need to go watch... Just Google, or I'm going YouTube... Hippopotamus fling shit. Oh, I've seen it. You've seen I've it. Seen that's it. that's oh, that is my when Alex is here. Yeah, around. yeah, flying around, slinging shit everywhere. Yeah, I'm the hippopotamus tail flinging shit on the Bass I, and Breeze podcast. I can't wait till I get a new co-host. Also, did you change your background? It's like I feel like, like this. A, it's been like this since it's I an angle different. Anyways, anyways, yeah, I'm right. the onto the light so gotcha. it's a little bit further back so you can see the donald duck cat better all right joey you said you're a power fisherman um but you know there's those times where you gotta go finesse right yeah yep so what's uh what's your most hated lure that you gotta go to but uh, you know it's gonna catch fish you got me on this one <laughs> hated lure here we go man like you know what I mean? Like like this is the one that oh, yeah. you're like, I know this is gonna catch fish, but mm -hmm. it fucking kills me on the inside that I'm gonna have to break this out. All right, I'm gonna say this. So a lot of the times, I mean, you can get away with power fishing year round here, because due to the water clarity, I mean, these fish live shallow year round, so you can you can throw this stuff. But I'm gonna say, drop shot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just don't like slowing down, which I know you got to sometimes, but I don't like to just drag something on the bottom. Hold on. I want to go back to where you said, because it's so shallow and dirty where you're at. I got the same thing here. So you don't, so you feel like you don't need to like slow down during that just because of the water clarity, just like, like e even if the water gets super cold and I'm, I don't know how cold it gets there, but let, let's use an example of. 40 degrees you're still banging shit up against stuff yeah uh probably i mean you gotta have a spinner bait on all the time double colorado or a single colorado you know which whichever one but 
like a, a crankbait, just banging shallow. Like these fish, they're shallow fish year round. It don't matter what the water temp is. Cause I mean, what I've learned from forward facing sonar, like, you know, they say they're super lethargic and stuff mm-hmm. and they don't move. All right. Well, I think that's not necessarily the case. I think the fish have just pulled off a little bit. There's not as many fish shallow, but most like the ones that I'm targeting in the winter this time of year, they're all bait related. They're either under the bait, on top of the bait, or roaming to find the bait. I mean, okay. they're, they're active. They're super active. But I just don't think, you know, there's as many fish when it gets this cold. Plus, not a lot of people fish when it gets super cold and it's dirty because that's the worst conditions, mm-hmm. you know, you can you can face. But Let's that's talk about the lethargic lethargicness that people talk about on fish. First of all, they're fucking cold-blooded, right, Alex? Yeah. Yep. They're cold-blooded. The, they they don't feel cold like we do as humans. The lethargic part of it is they don't feed as often. They don't have to feed as often. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that the motherfucker goes 10 miles an hour. I'm making shit up here if you can't realize <laughs> on the numbers side. They don't go 10 miles per hour in, in the winter, in the summertime. And then the wintertime, they go one mile per hour. When they go after something, they can still go after it. It's, oh, they cool. don't eat as much in the winter time, but when they feed, they're going to eat like a regular old fish. Yeah. And when, if they want something, they're going to get it. I don't mm-hmm. care what the water temp is. There they're not, they're not going to let it get by them if they want it. And that's, it's that's what we're seeing with the four-facing sonars. We're seeing that the fish behavior isn't what we've always thought it was. It is, they, guys opened up a whole new damn world for sure. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, the forward-facing sonar has been out for like, I don't know, what, six, seven years now? Yeah, it's been out a while. Okay. And before then, like, how were they tracking or studying uh, fish behavior? It, it was it was all anecdotal evidence, right? What I did, Just how what, I caught uh, them this day and this weather and all this is all anecdotal, one hundred percent. And now you know you got guys that have been watching fish for five, six, seven years, year round, and seeing how they behave. And I mean, those guys are the ones that know a mm-hmm. fish behavior. You know what I mean? Oh, I think that's the biggest takeaway. I like literally what you just said right there. Is the biggest there's more people like studying down on it, right? It's not just getting the forward facing, it's the putting the work in to understand behavior more. And this is a tool that lets you understand the behavior of the fish that we're trying to catch. And Ben Milliken, and Ben Milliken, if you ever listen to the podcast he's on or look, watch his YouTube channel, he shares all of that information. And he really, I really does like talk Ben about... Milliken to share that information on our podcast. How do we get <laughs> yes, Ben Milliken over here? You know what? That's a that's a off the air conversation. <laughs> but he really talks about the fish behavior a lot. That's why I love listening to him because he he that's great. one yeah. of the main thing that he really dials in on with using that to go back on your muddy water sides. Um, Jordan Lake here in Raleigh and Falls as well. They get super dirty. They have a lot of runoff from the, the couple cities here. So they get super dirty. In the springtime, the post the pre-spawn, 
I throw a lot of the red rattle traps, you know, lipless crankbaits. But if we ever get one of those rains that come in where it buddies the water all to hell, that's the only other time I'll take a lipless crank out there because, again, our fish are kind of muddy water fish in those two lakes. They'll they'll tear it up. I mean, they, mm-hmm. the vibration, the lateral line, uh, especially if it's not a place you want to throw a crankbait with a lot of laydowns or something like that. Uh, that litless, that's the only other time I throw it during the years we get a lot of mud. Right. Yeah, you can be super aggressive with those fish. And like I've heard people say the fish in Florida, they don't use their they use more of their eyes or vision instead of feeding off their lateral lines. And he said he's never like John Suckup was the one that said it, but he says all the places that he's fished, usually it's uh, you know, they feed by their lateral line, but I mean, they've Ben Milliken. He said, I've thrown at a fish and it came 15 feet. Like, here's the splash or felt the splash, mm-hmm. comes 15 feet, meets the bait in the water column, and then catches it. I, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I have not mentioned this in a while, but spoon plugging, old Buck Perry, the grandfather of offshore fishing and fish behavior, structure fishing. There were a lot of things that he says that really don't line up now, but there's a lot of stuff that he preached in his fishing that now with poor face and sonar, you're like, this was back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, stuff that he said that he learned just from time on the water and understanding fish behavior before anything to do with lures or lure color. It was, you know, depth and speed. That's the two main controls. The four facing sonars put that in the limelight, and at some point, somebody's somebody famous is going to go back and reference uh, the teachings that he had, and be like, "This is this is the Bible of mm-hmm. offshore fishing," and make it main, mainstream again. But unfortunately, because we have such good SEO, they're going to look that up, and it's going to be this podcast, and it's going to be you talking about it, and they're going to get fucking nothing out of it, Paul. Well, if you go by the spoon plugging. <laughs> book you're going to pay about 40 or 50 dollars for an old ass used it's <laughs> a lot like, more than so that pissed. i, I, like, I, I want to go what back is this to off the... of amazon for four i was like i bought a book she said for 40 dollars <laughs> <laughs> i, I want to go back to the dirty water i think that was really interesting so you said that they were saying that a dirty water fish um reacts more off the lateral uh, i'm sorry reacts more off site than the lateral Vice versa, they okay. use more of their lateral. Okay. Versus, and I mean, obviously, clear water. Yeah. A fish is going to use its eye. Fish are smart, and they're getting smarter. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like in these clear water fisheries, they're using their using both, but they're yeah, going to yeah. rely more on their vision if they can. Gotcha. They're going to use their upper hand. They're they're smart. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to think history of bass. They originated from the Mississippi River. Yeah. There were no largemouth bass, 100,000, wherever, how many ever thousands of years ago, anywhere but the Mississippi River until people started moving them. And the Mississippi River is a bunch of deltas and it's muddier water. Yeah. I mean, the largemouth bass is built to be a nasty ass, dirty water. That is where they come from. The ditch uh, is mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's that's their home. That's what they know. But again, I think that's really weird, though, because, um, again, more title, like, uh, vi- so like a bladed jig, 
no reaction where I'm at. Really? No reaction. I, I can fish this river up and down. I have never, and I've fished this river for five plus years now. I have never caught a bass on a bladed jig ever. Ain't that crazy? You see everybody else smashing them. Smashing them, right? I spent buco bucks buying these fucking jackhammers. Nothing. Swim jig with the right trailer, on the other hand, annihilate them. Annihilate them. And I can't. Like, I understand what you're saying. So so I'm thinking with the title because it moves, right? And this is just my, uh, I'm, what am I, about a, a full cup of bourbon into this, right? So here's my theory. Is that because the river is constantly moving, there's a constant noise, right? Because water is consistently moving past docks and pilings and gravel and everything else that they've given up on that and they're only doing visual. Mm -hmm. in a way almost right i mean it's dirty it's it's south new jersey so our water is super tannic like uh florida basically it's like um rum water basically right right so you got to have like black and blues are killer right but I i'm telling you five plus years shit actually like six plus years never caught in a fish on this tidal fishery with a chatterbait ever that's crazy and see like and that's the deal. Every fishery, like yeah. I mean, you can you can go to a fishery here, then go to one five miles down the road, and they may look the same. They may have similar, you know, setups and conditions, and fish totally different. Yeah, I don't get it, but I guess that's why it <laughs> keeps. I mean, that's the draw of it, back. right? That, like that's the draw of it, and I think, like, like it sounds like you've honed in on uh, Lake Eufaula, right? That's like your home base. That's what you, and one, I appreciate that. I know a lot of people say like, and I, you know what? They're probably right. Like you should branch out to more waterways, blah, 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 blah. But there's also something to be said about finding something that you're close to, that you like to fish, that is challenging, and then just master that body of water. Yeah. And it's so big, like, you can fish however you want. I mean, you can fish a different style uh, every day of the month. Right. And uh, it, and the thing about it is it's never the same condition. Like I said, one day it's eight foot high. Next right. week it's two foot low. And the water color is different. I mean, it's always changing. But now in the winter, like here recently, uh, like I don't fish that great in the winter. So... I've been focusing on these smaller lakes and see, we, we have a Florida strain stocking program in Oklahoma. Hmm. Not as, really? Not as good as Texas, but, uh, yeah. Texas is out of hand at this point, but, uh, I've been focusing on these smaller lakes and, uh, just practicing forward facing sonar and then, you know, gearing up for, uh, you fall come springtime. So I want to talk about the month of January that I just had. Okay, Best sure. fishing month I've ever had in my life. Really? Okay. Me and a buddy, or right before I left to uh, go to work, I went out and I hadn't fished this like uh, since last winter. Go there, I catch a 780, a 602, and a 520. I'm like, mm. okay. oh, sir. Then I had to, then I had to leave the next day, and I was like, damn it. I'll, 
I want to fish so bad because I I was on to something. So I go work a week, come back. Nobody go. Or I was fishing by myself, and I'd caught a seven, and caught one that was four something. And I, I called him. Was like, hey, uh, you know, come jump in the boat if you want. So he comes in. We end up catching thirty three seventy five on our best five. Five thirty-three seventy-five. I go the next day, take another guy. We catch thirty-five eighty-three on our best five. Oh. I catch a nine ten. The pictures on my phone. A nine ten. He had a seven. Had a six, three sixes. It was nuts. So then Dang. I got to go. Gotta go back to work. And then I take off that Thursday, go out there by myself. I catch thirty-two eighty-seven by myself on my best five. Hold, so hold on, hold on a sec, hold on a sec. You <laughs> deserve this. Yeah. It was nuts. That is fucking phenomenal. It was absolutely nuts. And I and I lost one. I I don't know how big this thing was. I mean, I seen it. Made my nine look like a baby. Yeah, that's it just, uh, pulled, it. just pulled off, but I was I was doing a little finesse, using a damn two aught hook, and uh, I've I lost several fish. This thing, I could just feel like it. If you don't get them in the top lip with this thing, uh-huh. you get them, you know, down in their throat, or not in their throat, but you know, in the mm. mouth area, and you just get that skin, and that skin will just tear. Pop but right off, was, yeah, yeah. It was it was freaking nuts. That was in January of all fucking months is insane. But that's yeah. that again. It goes back to what we talked about earlier with people catching huge bags yeah. January to March. Now we know people can catch those bags in the spawn that that March, April, May, but that January, February, early March before before the water starts to warm up in a warming trend. People are mm-hmm. catching those bags in the absolute dead of winter. Are you just, deep or shallow? Uh, these fish were in the deepest part of this body of water, and okay. they were bait-related. Yeah. This time of year, it's all bait-related. They'll, they'll either be positioned below the bait, above the bait, or they're swimming to find the bait. It's, it's all got to do with the bait. On the bait. Do they bite better positioned on a certain if they're below or above? Do they bite better that you've seen? If they're above, hundred percent. Okay, hundred percent. And that makes like, sense, right? Because you're suspended? dropping your bait like yeah. in front. They they get to see that first instead of your mm-hmm. bait getting lost in uh, all the actual real bait. All right. Yeah. The other question I have for this then: so the top, what what's your bait fish that they're target they're keying in on? Little thread fin or gizzard. I, I'm not sure what's in this uh, fishery, but it's just they're, I don't know, three, four inch uh, bait fish. I see them on my forward facing sonar, but I would as I would guess that that thread fin being that small this time of year, because usually your bait yeah. fish are going to be the biggest. Are going to be at this time of year, right? Hmm. I I, I want to talk about how like when people talk about having a great fishery, right? 
they talk about, hey, my, my state's got a great fishery. I feel like this is a key moment here where, like, I love fishing in New Jersey. I think it's awesome. There's fucking no way I'm putting those bags together in January that you did <laughs> in this fucking state. And that's that's awesome. the thing. You that's the thing. You've got to fish bodies of water that have it, or you're never mm-hmm. gonna do it. Because if right. I fish Eufaula, the biggest bag that I've ever heard out of Eufaula is maybe mid twenties. I'm sure there's right. been some upper twenties, but uh, and it, it's all due to these Florida strain. If if you're not fishing one of these bodies of water that have Florida strain in them, then you're you're not gonna do it. The only for Florida strain that we have in New Jersey is the trash that shows up uh, around the springtime <laughs> um, to hang out. Um, and they're not yeah. bass. They're just ass. Hey, that's mark it. this. Mark this. Because that's a ticky tack. Mark it. Okay. That's a ticky tack. Is it also a ticky tack? I got to. I, listen, I know he was super professional. This is the first time I'll break it. I got a pee pee. So uh, I'll be right back. But, but we, we don't stop. Uh, we yeah, yeah, we just going. keep going. Yeah, I had yeah, to tinkle yeah. earlier. You just get up and leave. Don't bust yourself. Joe, if you got to go tinkle, you need to go tinkle, but you can't go tinkle when it's just me and you. So you're going to have to hold it until Alex gets back. You've got to go. But anyway. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Learning, learning the fish that you caught this past January, would you have caught those fish if you didn't have the forward facing? I watched every single fish eat my bait. Did Every you? How did you find the fish initially to then dial into them with the forward facing, or did you just get to a a a spot, you know, a good structure point? This looks like a contact point, and say, hey, I'm going to drop the forward facing and scan to see if I see anything, or use the side imaging. How are you targeting those fish? How are you finding those fish initially? That's that's the part that. To me, it's most important. Can't catch fish where fish ain't, but right. very circa 1950-something. But anyway, what were you doing to initially find those fish? So first thing I do is try to find deep water because that's where the bait's going to be. And most of the time, they'll be sucked to the bottom. Uh, it don't matter how deep it is. I'm going to say on on average, I've seen the bait suck to the bottom 50, 60 foot of water if the fishery's that deep but if the fishery say 30 feet or 25 feet they'll still be sucked to the bottom but whenever you get those bait that are suspended i don't don't know what causes it i don't know if it's just a day-to-day deal but they'll suspend and uh they'll get those fish off the bottom and uh roaming around but find deep water and start looking for bait and if you look long enough then you'll find the bass all right, so find deep water. Look for the bait that's not on the bottom that is more suspended, and you're going to find fish. Now, are you to get to that point where you start scanning for those suspended bait fish in deep water? Are you starting on structure? Like, what what brings you to that point before you even start scanning to start looking for them there? Is it a, is it structure related or is it just intuition? Just deep water. Just deep all right. water. All, Look, like, I am, just, I'm squeezing this lemon. I'm squeezing this lemon, y'all. And the only thing that's happening is is the, the little squirts from the skin are shooting me in my eye right now. because he, Look, run to the dam of your body of water 
and find the bait there. And that's a good place for or ditches. I mean, just any deep water in right. the winter, creek channels, the dam. I mean, wherever there's deep water, there's going to be bait in the winter. And in deep water, find the suspended bait fish. They don't have to be suspended, but that's okay. ideal because okay. when you're trying to target those fish that are on bottom, right? So I've seen this, like when all the baits suck to the bottom, there'll be some fish up in the column. They may be right above the, the bait, but there's some that'll just freelance, just roam. And I've caught fish that in 40 foot of water are six feet under the surface mm. with nothing around. I don't see anything but that fish. I mean, these fish do whatever they want. It's crazy, but I don't know, just the more time you spend looking for stuff, then I mean, just like hunting. And are you, know, you more, using a lot of side scan in this initial um, search? Not really, uh, but I will if it's a super big body of water like some of these places aren't that big mm -hmm. but uh if it's if it's that big then yeah i'll i'll put my 2d on and side scan and just try to cruise around until i find bait once i find bait drop the trolling motor and then just start looking just scanning i'll set it on like six or seven and then just pan my trolling motor left or right left or right left or right until i find something gotcha so a lot of this is is experience you have to go to a body of water and and find these fish and it sounds like you'd be comfortable going to if i blindfolded you and i hold you and your boat to a lake dropped it in the water pushed the boat off took off your blindfold and said let's go find 30 pound bags you feel comfortable at least getting to a, a place that has the potential I could get to a place that has fish now, whether a 30 pound bag is in the coming. And that's just got to be a special day. You know what I mean? All right. So this is wait, 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 hold on. Semantic. Hold on. Semantic. Hold on. To play off you're Paul's... telling me you could get us yeah. in the area that potentially exactly. has the 30 pound bag. Yeah. If it's got it. There we go. That's no, no, what I mean, I want what, yeah, exactly. So what Paul's saying is with the skills that you've, you've gained this last year, you're comfortable saying you can go to any body of water and put up a sizable bag appropriate to that body of water. A, above average bag to that body of water. Depending on the time of year, because this is strictly a winter thing, really. Right. Right, right. now? Yeah. Like okay. the coldest coldest time of the year. Because once, mm -hmm. once them fish start, like I've seen it last year, I was catching fish at Eufaula, and they were – they were probably 150 yards off this creek channel uh, swing bank, just out there in this channel chasing bait. Mm -hmm. I caught them there for a month. And then as the water started getting warmer, I started seeing less fish. And I was like, these suckers are moving shallow. Mm. So then I had a tournament coming up, and I was like, I'm going to have to mix in a little bit of both because uh, I'm seeing these fish disappear. So I went shallow, and then I'd go out deep shallow go out deep and it mm. paid off because i caught the biggest fish like i was telling you in 40 foot of water suspended just six foot down but you're <laughs> saying as as spring rolls around right it's coming up yeah forward facing means a little less during that because they're in different spots where forward facing isn't that 
uh, advantageous. Yeah, well, the way I was catching them, they were just roaming fish on mm-hmm. bait. Now, if I transition that to staging spots, like on brush piles, then mm-hmm. I could utilize uh, forward-facing sonar. But gotcha. these, uh, you can always utilize it in some shape, way, shape, or form, but you just got to know what the fish are doing. The whole thing is finding fish. If you can't find fish, then it's can't catch fish where fish ain't. I, yeah. And so this is this is this is what the, the what fishing is. What I enjoy the most about it is finding the fish, and that's why people say time on the water, time on the water, time on the water gives you the experience to say this day with these conditions, the fish should be in this area, and. We start in this area where we think they should be based on the conditions, but then the great anglers, the professionals, what they have the ability to do is they be they get into the area, but then they can find where they are within that area. It's that's, amazing. Those yeah, guys. That's, that's a separate that's that's what separates the the pros, the people who make a living off of this, uh, unless they're cutting grass still is that they can find the general area that a fish should be for this, and then they they dial in to where the fish are. And they have to do it on limited practice. I mean, it's it's a lot of on-the-go to do that. What in, in again, this has turned into a four-facing sonar podcast, but I don't give a fuck because this shit is... <laughs> But this this is really this is great information because what you've done is you can go back to that lake that you fished in January and caught three bags over thirty pounds, and you can go to that general area in May. And I don't know exactly when fish start moving up for you, but you can go back to that general area and start to find fish staging on those brush piles, those rock piles. You know, you're going to have your your biggest fish as a whole generally move up and bed before the other ones. Down here, we'll have our the majority of big fish, let's say six pounds and more in my area, are going to, you know, conditions are average. But they're going to start moving up in February. They're going to they're gonna spawn a little deeper than others. But if you get in that general area, you can you can start to find them, and forward facing sonar gives you the opportunity to really find specific fish, whereas before we couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a lot of uh, this guy, this guy, it was not all right. So middle of spawn, or it's kind of pre-spawn. Some fish are spawning, and uh, he was targeting brush piles with a jerk bait, and you see that pattern all over uh now like on the on the pro level but most of them guys that's all they're targeting is the, those pre-spawn fish setting up to spawn in some sort of brush pile or standing timber uh stuff like that but yeah you could you're you're gonna always find a way to to utilize it and find those fish that are as long as they're not dirt shallow then yep. you know you're gonna be catching fish those pre those pre-spawn stagers that that's the deal that's the deal yeah, and then those postponed the stagers are the deal too they just done you lost all their weight and dropped their eggs and, and stuff like that but, but 
this whole conversation to me and why I asked you about if we could just take you to a lake blindfold you drop you and go find that bag right you know it's all relative to the fisheries the fish in the fishery but again it comes down to finding the fish and that's all it is yeah the fish are going to be you know i I can't remember who said this or what might have been again millican i don't know i think it was but anyway they said in the winter time you just go to the or any fishery any time of year you go to the the most pretty point on the main lake and there are going to be fish on it year round year round they're going to be there you just have to find you know, it's a timing thing. So are they biting? Yes or no. If you find them, mm-hmm. you got to find them. And then it's a timing thing. Or, or if they're here and they're not biting now, let me come back in an hour. Yeah, let me come back in two hours. Let me keep checking them. But if they're here at some point, they're going to bite. Yeah, 100%. I want to go back to uh, the, the Millican comment. Um, and this is like my main job on this show. I, I, I can't figure out if uh and maybe the uh the bab historian uh can let us know but are, are you trying to make sure that millikens mention more than uh what was it catfish kayak fishing <laughs> kayak catfish <laughs> look man i mentioned folks that you mentioned millikens you are name dropping more than alex rudd did on his sponsors it's, on I, our show i mentioned it when it's relevant to the conversation we're having. But apparently we got the damn Ben Milliken of Oklahoma on the podcast tonight because my man put up three 30-pound bags. It's insane. I mean, shit, that's in... I'm not familiar with the Oklahoma fisheries, but holy shit, that's some some big-ass bass. Yeah, it's not very common here for 30-plus pound bags. There there was a few this uh, in January, but it's not super common by no means. Joey, where the fuck where the fuck do those fish go in the summertime? Dude, once I figure that out, I'll have something. I uh you're talking about big bags, and I will say, and we're gonna this is all gonna, you know, rewind back to a past episode, but I saw a uh maybe it was recent, not so recent, but I saw a post where you caught a paddlefish. That's big where you're at, right? Yeah, that was uh, under you fall a dam. I'd never done it. I was watching YouTube videos, and I was like, "Man, I want to, I want to snag one of them things because that's the only way you catch them is snag." Correct. Barbless yeah. hook. Mm. Yep. And uh, so I watched the YouTube video, uh, seen how they was tying the setup. Went down there. My dad lived three miles from the dam, so went to his house. Went to the dam store. That's what it's called. And uh, <laughs> got the stuff down there and uh first time out snag that spoonbill that's what uh it tastes like didn't eat it i just let it go what? and there's what? yeah there, there's certain days that you can only keep them yeah but i mean why it, look if i'm gonna go catch a fish i ain't okay. never ate before i'm gonna eat it i'm gonna catch it and we're gonna we're gonna fry it up we're gonna fillet it out we're gonna fry it up or we make a fish ball I mean, this this goes back to that Alex Rudd episode, right? Like, I, I'm obsessed with spoonbill fishing. One, uh, because there's fucking none of that in New Jersey or in Washington mm-hmm. State, where I'm from. Never fucking seen this fish before. It looks prehistoric. It looks awesome. But I listened to this podcast about this whole, like, Russian caviar 
trade that had to deal with uh fucking spoonbills in uh the ozarks right and it, it's just a whole thing super obsessed with it and it's really funny because i was like man is joey actually the tiktok algorithm like he understands that i talked about it and then all of a sudden there's a spoonbill picture up like it was fucking crazy uh i've caught a couple others uh after that one mm -hmm. i was down under the dam uh just fishing for sand bass or striper with a little swim bait. What's a what's a sand bass? It's a, I think they're, I mean they're called white bass sand. White bass. bass. Okay. All right. What, just, what do they, they taste good. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, it's basically like they got a little bit of red meat, but once you cut that out, then you're good. All All right. Right. I love the red meat. All right, then you'd love these. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. Yeah, I've caught a couple others, but uh, never ate one. All right. They're all right. And, hey, and the only reason I asked about the, the, the sand bass, right? Like, that's a, it's one of those regional terms where you go everywhere. Like, yeah. <clears throat> that's a white bass where I'm at, which is actually basically a white perch. But those are two completely different fish. A white perch. Where I'm at, we have white perch. Yeah, yeah. And people call them white bass. Because yeah, yeah. you can put your thumb in their fucking mouth. I'm like, yep. that ain't a white bass, dude. That's 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 a perch. And and if you and, and perch, you fillet a perch out, man, they good eating. They better than crappy. They ain't as good as they ain't as good as a bass over eight pounds filleted out. Oh shit. They shut are up, delicious. Up, they are delicious. <laughs> Imagine right, if somebody put a TikTok of filleting eight, nine, ten pound bass. Paul would do it, but he can't catch bass that big. <laughs> yeah, I can't catch them that big, so I can't fill them out. Hey, what what bass boat are you fishing out of? I got a 2008 Champion 200. Nice. Yeah. That's an is old it? school boat. It's probably heavy, which means that it's in those tank. rough waters out on Ufala, you probably handle it pretty well. Yeah, I love it. It's, I mean, it's heavy and... Uh, it, it'll still go i think i've got it to 71 but i mean i like to cruise at like 50 55 that's like the best ride and it miles per hour yeah <laughs> you're talking to two kayak guys like i fish out of a bass boat unlike alex but i only own a kayak look when when i got a motor on my kayak and i could pedal with it at the same time and i hit five and a half miles per hour you should see the fucking rooster tail coming out it's of funny because i can bitch. Look, if, if I, I, if still I weighed 68 pounds less, yeah, there the rooster is. tail would be He's such know, a fat foot. ass. He's I such know. a fat ass because I can hit five miles an hour in my pedal kayak without an extra motor. He's got to use the extra motor. So I'm, I'm fatter and taller than Alex, but Alex only can hit five miles per hour pedaling as fast as his little teeny legs <laughs> will pedal for like it a looks... short distance alex is like an alligator he can he can swim he can run 35 <laughs> miles per hour for 10 feet but i can i can take the motor off i can pedal five miles per hour I got... for about Listen, two miles before i got i don't want to give this out because i feel like paul should have done it but i can't miss the joke i'm like the oompa loompas and uh when, when they're paddling that paddle boat down the river like i don't know why paul misses that one because I have never seen the Charlie 
chocolate factory or whatever the fuck it's called in full. What? So what? Never. Neither one. What's of wrong them. with your childhood? I, I was I was out catching snakes and wild cats and possums and all kinds of other shit. I didn't have time Jesus. for no fucking TV. I was all fishing. Right. You were in Washington State. Pretending to be, I don't even know, Tony Hawk. Fly fishing also. Thank you. I was doing the ribbon dancing. Hell yeah. The meanest, <laughs> the meanest anglers on earth. Flying yeah, no with. shit. All right. At that note. All right. So, uh, Joey, we're about ready to get to the most controversial oh, wait, wait, part. Wait, 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 wait. Nothing. I just wanted to interrupt Alan. You son wow. of a bitch. All right, we're about ready to get to the most controversial part of our show. This is either going to make or break you um, when it comes to the brewskis, uh, as they like to be called, or just the world, um, you know, as a whole, because this show is absolutely international. So before we get there, I'd like to give you a chance to shout out whoever you like to and let people know where they can find you at. Shout out. Hey, oh, TikTok, obviously, Joey Fitzer. And then Instagram, Joey Fitzer Fishing, uh, can find me there. And uh, got a couple sponsors, Waterland and Six Inch Fishing. Nice. Uh, check out their products. Make some pretty good stuff. They absolutely freaking do. We'll have news about that at the end of the show. So everybody stay Fitzer tuned. with a Z. Yes. That's right. Fitzer is the discount code if you want to save a little bit of money. Man, hold on, hold on a sec. You got your own. You don't have like a number after it. You were wow. so special. You just got yeah, he's big time. Man, this is hell. Hell, yeah. I don't think we have ever had anybody on this podcast that I we can recall not. that had a discount code with just the name. That's badass, That's right? Look, y'all. We we are in the presence of royalty. Mm. All right. You're not going to pick on me how I say roll. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not. I'm uh, actually just done fucking talking to you, Paul. I like talking to Joey. I hate talking to you. Um, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> that got real you mean. Said, you know I what? apologize. I got real mean, Paul. Don't apologize. I mean, you know, you are my podcast wife. Yeah. And you sound exactly like my housewife. But she ain't the housewife. <laughs> She's the breadwinner. She just lives in the house. You know what I mean? Shit. All she right. Don't here to we podcast. are. I'm safe. Again, we've either. Oh, did uh, you did you I'll, realize the <laughs> dumb shittery that was going to happen tonight when you? Oh yeah, I was okay. ready. <laughs> there we go. There we All go. All right, this is either going to elevate your career or put it in the dark waters. This is the shotgun round. Damn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Texas or wacky? Ooh, I'm a Texas rig. Hold on, like Alex. It. I don't need to explain it. He knows it. Shut no, up. You you gotta ask the other question I asked you on TikTok. No, I'm not gonna ask that one. That one's I'm gonna ask it then. Go ahead and then ask the next question while Thanks. I find this TikTok. Thanks. Crocs or flops? Crocs. Nice pick. Yes, um, I, have insula- I have insulated crocs that I wear. <laughs> insulated crocs. Excuse me. Tell me about these insul install <laughs> as it, the people in the south can't say insulation. <laughs> they call it installation. Tell me about these insulated crocs. It's got a lining of like. Oh, the fur, right? Yeah. I don't know if it's fur or what the heck it is, but. (laughs) That's uh, the boots with the fur. It keeps your feet warm. I mean, that's my go-to shoe or whatever you want to call it, footwear in the winter. 
All right. Um, All right. Next question. If your big toe is shorter than your thumb, does that make you want Wendy's or Burger King? Burger King. <laughs> oh my God. This is this is over. This man chose fake plain oh. broiled burgers oh, over I'm gonna fresh take... square patties. No, stop. Right. He's what, a square what? patty. Where do you, where do you see a square patty at? At Wendy's because that bitch is fresh and it's when you bite into no, a Whopper is probably fresh, the best fast food burger ever. Oh, see, this is somebody from New Jersey who who I no, it is. Even, I don't even know what to say. I'm about to I'm about to kick myself out the damn. I like a baconator, this. but I like the Whopper too. Yeah. Um, you're on the way to the lake. Is it slow jams or hype music? Man, I like to get hyped up. Yeah, I'll go with some hype. What, what, for you specifically? What's hype music for you? Because I know you're from Oklahoma, so I'm waiting to hear some country ass shit. Man, uh, some whiskey Myers. <laughs> I wouldn't say. I, don't know, I listen to all different kinds: hip hop, rock. I get it, it but but for you, when when you're heading down, you're like, yo, I need to be fucking hyped. For this tournament, Georgia, Florida on? line. Mm, let me see. Co Wetzel. Who? He's got some. He's got Co Wetzel. He's okay. from Texas and he's like a red dirt rock slash guy. He's got some right. cool. Yeah, ideas. don't listen to Alex chastising you about music because this motherfucker listens to music without words and it ain't like <laughs> symphony or anything like that. Like he listens to like rap music and rock I and do. roll without words. I do. I what kind of psychopath I'm on this podcast with. Is, <laughs> I, I'll tell I you a no lot idea. of the times I don't even listen to anything. I'm just locked in, ready to get yep. to the lake and start fishing. Wait, if you roll up me and I'm Hold listening on. to a podcast or music or some bullshit like that, I mean, my fishing mic. day ain't going good. <laughs> I'm so I'm listening to music because I don't want to talk to you. Hold on, I'm so shocked. I slapped the mic, Joey. <laughs> you're telling me you you are you sit in the truck on the way to the boat ramp with nothing on. I've got all kinds of stuff going through my head before I get to the lake, and I'm having. All kinds of conversations in my head by myself. Listen, man, you hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Alex, shh, Joey. This comes from a guy who don't fish tournaments. He don't know how to get his mind right. You're right. I, I think you both are psychopaths. <laughs> if you at any point in time sit in the car with no music on or anything, that would on. be more of a sociopath. But I agree. All right, I can't believe I, you figured those two out. Yeah. So you guys are both sociopaths. <laughs> Have you, uh, Shawty? Shawty, um, where are we at now? I'm trying to remember. Do I really have to pull this? Pull them up. up All right, uh, you're an outdoorsy guy. Have you uh, ever eaten beaver? Never uh, tried beaver. Okay, it's delicious. Y'all have beavers. Y'all should try it. It really is. You got to cook it up like you would a whole pig. Put it in the crock pot if you got to, but slow and slow, mm, it is are, good meat. Are you a uh, net guy or a boat flip guy? Man, depending on the circumstance, I like a good boat flip, but if I'm in a tournament, I'll reach for the net because <laughs> I've, I've had some heartbreaks. Hell yeah. 
Hey, wow. look on the on the latest KBM podcast, they had uh, Lambert and Jordan Marshall on, and they were talking about boat flipping. They they had um, a, a boat guy that was coming into the kayak world, and they talked about that. And Jordan Marshall was like, "I'm gonna tell you right now, get a net, a long arm <laughs> net, because I have lost a bunch of money trying to boat boat flip some shit in a kayak." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pineapple net. net. Go ahead. Net is the safest bet it is. for sure. I think especially for, I mean, me, me and Paul both kayak. I, I think the net is probably the best way to do it. A, a boat's a little easier, I feel like, because you have that leverage to, like, pop them up and get them in. And, mm-hmm. and they if they hit that. the deck yeah, in yeah. a boat, still, you've got a chance good. to lay on them. In the yep. kayak, you either You're go right overboard, yeah. <laughs> overboard or the bitch comes in and hits the kayak and bounces right out. You know I mean? Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? I don't know. Uh, wrong answer. All right, we're done. Everybody have a good night. Whoa, no, just joking. Oh, I was about to say, you done <laughs> fucked that up before. Hey, pineapple on pizza, though, would you eat it if it was free? Oh, hell yeah. There we go. <laughs> My man. There it All is. Right, Paul, before I get to the uh, most important question, the thing that's uh, sunk uh, political leaders uh, fishing influencers and uh, half of the Kardashians. Do you have uh, any that I missed? Oh, no, I think I think you got them on first time right. ever since you've been back. Good job. And you didn't try to rename the shotgun round some. No, it's shotgun round. Dumbass. All right. As I mentioned, this is uh, literally sunk political leaders. It sent the Kardashians in a clear split because they couldn't figure out the right answer. And uh, at least five podcasts have stopped uh, broadcasting because of the backlash or uh, the backlash they got from this. So every good fisherman loves a sandwich. What are your top three sandwich proteins? Hmm. I'm a mainly a Black Forest ham guy. Oh man, very specific, mm. and I love it. I don't it. know if we've had black. I could we be wrong. Not. We'll have no, to we ask have not. the bad nope. historian. We will. The black forest ham. Hell yes. And then usually that's my go-to if I okay. even make a sandwich. Most of the time, I just forget about food and <laughs> get an energy drink and hit the lake. What energy drink are you drinking? Yeah, yeah. You can substitute hey. number two with an energy drink. Monster pink. Okay. Oh, the pink. Yeah, yeah. Ultra strawberry. First time that I've had it. Is that the juice or the carbonated? Uh, it's it's non-carbonated. Okay. I think this thing just came out, but I'll All either right. grab a Ultra Zero Monster or a Red Bull. Depending on the All day. right. He's going with the sandwich proteins to be Black Forest Ham, Monster, <laughs> or Red Bull. I fucking love it. <laughs> All right, Joey. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Well, hold on. We didn't get the third one. He said monster or Red Bull. But that's not a protein. Okay. Go ahead, Paul. You, I mean, if you want to die on this hill, go for it. Well, no, it's Joey's hill that he's beef jerky. Beef jerky. Beef jerky sandwich. (laughs) Usually I'll have a, I'll just grab a handful of granola bars. (laughs) You gonna have a granola granola bar sandwich? A granola sandwich. That's not a give me some, either. Give me some. Give me some Wonder Bread, some mayonnaise, some spiced mustard, and granola bar. Sandwiches? 
what? Strictly yeah. sandwiches? Yeah, yeah, because the question was every fisherman loves a good <laughs> a sandwich. Granola, a granola bar sandwich. Hell yes. You y'all got too much variety. Three sandwiches. <laughs> you you need to add some variety to your life, brother. You just got ham and that's it. That's all I need. Do you know some of the answers on this question? So we've had uh uh fuck, I forgot. What, so we've had cheese, which is not a fucking cheese appropriate sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> uh we've had spinach. Oh. Yep. And those Shout are the only you, two that we can we can ask. No, hey, no, no, no. One time, I, I one time somebody on, said liverwurst. Liverwurst. Alex thought he was gonna add a segment yeah. eating some of the sandwiches <laughs> that people so said funny. that he hadn't had. So we had liverwurst. This was before my time. Yeah. And Alex made a YouTube video of him trying to liverwurst sandwich and it's he, fucking he gross. Uh, also, terrible. total side note to uh fucking uh shit. What are they called now? Not 603 Bassin. Paul, what are they called now? Real North. Shit. Total. I don't I mean to derail this. Yeah, good job, Alex. Great job. 603 Bassin. They said ham salad. That's not a sandwich. No, no, if it's a it protein. Two, if you put it between two pieces of bread, I it's found better it. than fucking granola. It's, it's deviled ham, right? Oh, and yes. I found it in the supermarket. Oh, I need to try this. Dude, Paul, okay, Paul, you do it. Have you ever had it before? Deviled ham? Hell yeah, yeah. deviled ham's delicious, oh, but never I've never mind. made this, this salad. I forgot about that. I'm glad you reminded me. I fucking tried it, and I it smelled and tasted allegedly like fucking cat food. It was the fucking worst thing. It was way worse than the liverwurst. It was slimy. It tasted like grounded up Vienna sausages with hot mayo. It was fucking disgusting. Oh, my God. That's, I yeah. Gotta, you know, scrambled, well, Paul, scrambled egg sandwich. Mm. Okay, mm -hmm. I'll fucking take that. A scram—that's a protein. Look, yeah. I mean, hey, look. <laughs> when I when I scramble eggs, you know, most people are eating two, maybe three. When I scramble eggs, I got to have like eight or ten. Well, that's because you're scrambled fat. eggs. Well, that's because you're fat, though. No, no, that's what got me to be fat. No, actually, right, no. What that? It was being on this podcast and you making me sit in this damn shitty chair all day joey you hang out for a minute um we've got a huge huge announcement joey kind of talked about it before but uh if you guys head over what are you doing paul what is